come and earn $200,000. So what's that? 150 yeah. grand a year. So I'm sure, yeah. you know, be, to be a floor installer. What did you get suspended for? Egg and flower fighting in a in a in a, in a store uh, in a supermarket, which was located quite close to our school. We did the pub for the pub's visit in 1982. I was still in school then, and I managed to get off to get involved in that. Uh, we actually laid the carpet on the dais when he did his visit to, uh, during the summer. This episode is sponsored by Trade Choice Carpet and Flooring. Trade Choice are one of the largest independent distributors of floor coverings and products. They specialise in carpet tiles, carpets, vinyls, LVT screens, tools, everything you would need to run a flooring business. With 13 branches, including the Newcastle one that I visited, from Glasgow all the way down to Southampton, they've got 24-hour access ordering via their website, so if you want to set up an account or find your nearest branch, visit tradechoice.com. Now sit back, enjoy the show, and we look forward to seeing you here again soon. Welcome, Anthony, to the UK Flooring Podcast. Flooring to one side, contract flooring to one side, everything like that. Who is Anthony Minet? Is that we pronounce it? Is that right? Yeah, yeah, you've got to be quite fair play to you. Yeah, uh, okay, so I'm a director of a family-based flooring company down in South Wales, formed in 1963, just celebrated 60 years in existence. Uh, it's a, it's, as I say, it's a fabric business, which my dad started back in, in the day uh, after working with companies like BMK, uh, Four Bonings, and he decided that you know I'm going to go on my own with this with a with a with a partner with a business partner. Yeah. And yeah, I I got involved well from an early age really because I lived and breathed the flooring due to the fact that obviously my mum got involved in the business and uh, you know every tea time you know the, the the work would be brought into the house and. Uh, I soon got the, the grasp of it, and uh, I was at 12 years of age, I actually went on my first job, actually on the tools. You know, we couldn't do it now, no. but back in the day, I, I was able, I had access to do it, uh, any school holidays from the years, from the 12 years of age onwards, any, any, any days off, any holidays, I was on the tools, so by the time I left school, I was perfectly able to work you know, on my own, just doing prep work, domestic carpets, you know, a room. Uh, I, I could work work independently. Okay. Um, and that, that, that's then how 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 we got on. Really. So, the last day of school, my last exam. This is quite funny because my last exam in, in the school was in the morning, uh, and I was actually suspended from school. <laughs> uh, so, I was able to walk into the with my with my working. On. I, 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 I got into school, I sat in my exam desk, I did my exam, and when my exam finished, I walked out to the exam and I waited at the bottom of the yard and, and one of the vans come and picked me up and I was straight out, literally straight out, and I have not, since that very day, I have not stopped working. Well, what I, did you get suspended for? Egg and flower fighting <laughs> in, a, in, a, in, a, in a store. Uh, in a supermarket, which was located quite close to our school, so yeah, they caught hold of us, and uh, 
yeah, he suspended. They suspended me and a few others for the, for the rest of the tour. So Ooh. that was the last time I ever went back there. Oh. So I got out of there, and uh, yeah, and, and that was it. And I absolutely loved being on the tools. I absolutely loved it. Just being involved in the installation, just working for different on different things. We 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 picked up um, PSA contracts with the local government projects for crown suppliers. So it was quite interesting. You know, some of the places we were. We'd be working in, yeah. Uh, you know, we're working in uh, anything to do with the crown, government offices, uh, all the camps, prisons, um, even even. I worked during that time during the mid eighties. Um, yeah, we were involved with the Cold War type thing. So I was even working in secret locations where it was fallout shelters in case of a a nuclear war, and that was quite interesting. Um, it was like being on the set of The Hobbit, really, you know, like rat rips <laughs> in the side of a mountain. So honestly, it was, it was fascinating. And that's and that's what the the business gave me was the fact that every day was different and it still is to this day now that, you know, you wake up in the morning and you don't know what, it wasn't going to cover no two days of the site. And that's something which I like about it, to be fair. So, uh, what does the business look like now? Um, you know, what sort of size team are you, um, you know, who works uh, with you? Overall, I've got a good mixture of... Um, I've got managers with who work with me and, and uh, secretaries, and I've got my sister. She's been involved in, in the business as well. She's a fellow director, and so I think we're running. We run about thirty. That's including the subbies as well. So we'll we'll we we can tag along with 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 thirty of us. Not it as a as a blend of boys at the books, uh, subcontractors, and our management staff as well. Um, We've got a, a domestic well, retail shop outlet as well, which has been in existence re- relatively since my dad started. You know, he had the shop going as well. Um, and incidentally, my dad lives, still lives on the premises. He lives above the shop. Hi. He's, not, he's, coming up, he's coming up to 90 years of age and uh, wow. he still hovers around, you know, uh, and he's still there, uh, you know, watching what's going on. He's just sharp. He's just, he's, he's, uh, he's suffering with his face, you know, with his walking and a bit unsteady, but he's just sharp as a button upstairs. You know, he's, he, he's cleared up. He knows what's going on. So yeah. fair play to him. But uh, I don't know whether or not he would survive in this environment uh, due to the fact that I think employment law would be against him because he was very, uh, very fiery <laughs> character. <laughs> So I think he would have a parking space outside the industrial tribunal. I think he'd be there quite a lot, you know. But no, it, it, as I say, it's it, it, the, the, the business has evolved since his time, but obviously things have happened where we've managed to change direction and look at uh, different client base. So, yeah, interesting. What's the split between commercial and residential you do, like between the shops? Oh, and- over, it's... Uh, it's ninety ten. It's ninety percent contract and ten percent domestic. Okay. So uh, the, the domestic shop is is middle to high end. So we be dealing with all the likes of Ulsters and Cormar, Brinton's, uh, you know that uh, that type of product. To be honest, I, I mean uh, I have very little to do with that because I tend to get more involved in the contract side. So my sister tends to oversee the shop with the shop manager. Yeah, um, I just look at the figures effectively. So, so do you do you prefer the commercial side of the business? If you if you absolutely. have to choose, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I I had experience. Well, my dad 
when eventually we agreed that I come off the tools, he put me in the shop. We, we had two retail shops at the time, and then he uh, got me to work in in the other shop that we had in the village, not too far away, out just outside Cardiff. And uh, oh man, I, was, I used to pull my hair up because I was just bored stiff there. I just couldn't believe and what I gra- what I grasped was the fact that I would spend as much time selling Mrs. Jones a cushion floor for a bathroom or a toilet than possibly doing a tender for a major project which will obviously bring us back a, a lot more margin and, and work than the time spent on a, on a on an individual customer. That was my that was my mindset and I recognised that and I just thought if once I progress up and I gained more control of the business. That's the way I want to steer the business. But I realised that at, at 18, 19, I just thought, yeah, this is the way I wanted to go. Okay. Um, and I, and I, I've managed to realise that now. And what do you think the um, most standout job that you've done is? Is there a job that you can think of that, that if you could close the business today, you're super proud of? Well, I, no, there's probably many, but uh, is there anything that's... There are, there are a few, there are a few. Um, we did the Pope. We worked. We did the Pope with the Pope's visit in 1982. I was still in school then, and I managed to get off to get involved in that. Uh, we actually laid the carpet on the dais when he did his visit uh, during the summer. Well, uh, it's quite a good story to that because we were actually laying the carpet for a for a local businessman who supplied the carpet on the back of that the Pope did a visit in Ireland back. I think it was two years previous and. Uh, a businessman did a similar format where he supplied the carpet and then uh, after the public would be on the carpet, he cut the squares up and sold the squares in presentation wooden car little boxes to the churches in America. Right. an absolute fortune. Well, but what happened in this instance is the fact that we laid the carpet and as we were actually, after the public was visiting, there was the Falkland program eventually the churches in, in America didn't want anything to do with, with the carpet and, and the businessman who supported it went through an hour of business right. because he couldn't sell the carpet. When he went into his warehouse, his warehouse was just full of these little presentation boxes which he had made. So the carpet, when it was, we had to cut the carpets up into little crosses, yep. put them in the box, then he'd ship them all to America and, and obviously he was hoping that he'd, he'd recoup a lot of money, but it did happen. So that that's that's one. Did you um, not? Did you not get a little square that sat anywhere? No, 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 I didn't. No, no, no. I think I was. I, I think it was at a young age when I was a bit in awe of it. To be fair, and it was and it was really, really uh, the the organisation down there and and the the setup was was amazing. You know how they did it uh, in the event of you know with security and stuff like that. Imagine for a boy of like fourteen. 15, it was all just like, it was just like overordered for me, you know, it's it it fascinating. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know, we, we do, we've done jobs in the Millennium Stadium before concerts, so we've managed to bump into a few stars, die straights. Uh, we actually uh, been down when Madonna was opening a world tour and she actually eyed the stadium for a week. Nice. So we were down there, that was, that was really cool. That was, that was good. Um, standout job. Yeah, I think uh, an, inter- an interesting one was uh, we did a student accommodation for Midas, a constructor who we went through. We knew there was difficulty with the job. It was 750 bedrooms, 
And when we were working on the job, it started and it didn't see it. And the first couple of months when we were working through, we could see that Midas was suffering with, with, with the problems. So we tried to be restrictive on our exposure with the job. So yeah. I've got all the car details into my store and I put a vested certificate through it to Midas. I tried to make this as short as possible, but the irony is what, what happened was that uh, the Midas went through. I was owed a significant amount of money. Yeah. And the developer rung me up the next day. It all went up. It all got out into the puppy to me. So I'm a worried man, you know, and I'm thinking, oh, gosh, this is this is going to set us back now. Uh, and then the developer rings me. The actual guy who's the, the main man rings me the next morning. I bought a drill box and Spencer's. And he said, he, he, am I speaking to Anthony? I went, yeah. He said, Anthony, he said, uh, and the and developer involved in the job in, in student competition. I said, oh, yeah, how are you? He said, yeah, not too bad. He said, listen, he said, I know you, 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 things are too great for you at the moment. I said, no. He said, I'm going to pay you every penny you're owed. Wow. He said, you're joking. He said, on the proviso, he said, you finished my job. He said, you got my tiles. I said, I have. I said, I got a large proportion of, it was 21,000 square meters. I had a large proportion in my warehouse. Yeah, and he said, "I want you to do the job and finish the job because I've got to get the job finished on time, and I'm going to pay you." Well, wow. I was like, "Incredible, incredible!" How that and that and that's memorable for me because literally that project was just like being on a roller coaster. It really was, and it turned out all right. It did fulfil his promise. Yeah, and we got the job finished, as did most of the contractors involved on the scheme, which yeah. was just you know, this I'd heard of. Who yeah. could believe it? But, what it did, it gave the impetus then for everybody to get together. Remember, we all sat around the table, all the contractors, and the first contractor meeting. You know, we were really up for helping this guy out because he'd been so supportive. Yeah, uh, yeah, and we did it for him. We got it over, and he just took the job on himself. He run the job. He got a team in, and they just run it, and he just paid everybody up. And he said, "I just got to get this job over the line." He did it, and it was honourable thing to do. Really was. I've got a very, very sim similar uh, story to that where we were yeah. contracted to do the whole chemistry block at, uh, I, I won't mention the university just in case there's any political things, um, full chemistry block, um, sanding restoration, installation of wooden floors throughout six floors and uh, we were specified um, to do the work because we'd done other work uh, for the university. So the building contractor came to us yeah. and said, this is what we want you to do. You know, it's five months worth of work, da 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 da, da. So asking us to jump through some hoops, and we, we were doing mostly residential stuff. So we were very used to, you know, 50% up front, 50% when we're done. Um, and we're like, well, you know, we want to do this job. It's very nice on paper. But we did some, because of the value of the job, we did some due diligence on them, and we just couldn't get a credit rating on them at all. And there was, like, umbrella companies, and there was this, and there was... It just all smelt a bit fishy. And so we thought... We're going to take a risk here, and yeah. we um, we said, look, we'll come and do this job, but we want paying up front, bi-weekly, uh, for the work that we've done, and then we'll come back the following week, because we've got all the hotels, we've got all this, you know, I think we had six or seven ads on site, and all the cost of this mobile wood and all this type of stuff, bespoke duct covers, and you know, it was a very nice job. Um, anyway, we got halfway through the job, and everything else kept getting a bit fishier and a bit fishier, and... People on the site were not being paid. Electricians, mechanical engineers, yeah. um, this, and we're like, this just doesn't smell right. Anyway, on the Friday they got a huge, they, they got a huge payment from the university, and then 
Like by the Friday night, they closed the site and went upside down. They took the payment from the university yeah. and wiped everyone out on yeah. the site. So like 200 grand to the mechanical engineers, 100 grand to the engine, uh, the electricians, etc., etc. But we yeah. were we were home and dry because we'd been paid up front. So we were like, well, what yeah. do we do now? We're halfway through this huge block. Um, and we did exactly as you said. We kind of just sort of like... I said it wasn't in Marks and Spencer's, but we were just on another job, thinking, well, still got a load of wood in the warehouse. Um, we've been paid. Um, anyway, phone rings. Hi there, it's so-and-so from the university. Um, can you give us the information of who we send a direct order to to finish the work? And can you give us a valuation of what you've done and what you do on the payment? And so we did it. I think we actually added about 8% on for the like uplift and um, downtime that we faced. Um, yeah. And he said, no problem. He said, I'll, um, uh, what terms did you agree? I said, we agreed, you know, up front. And he said, right, if that's what it's going to take. So again, we then got 50% of the money and then we got, we finished the job, all, you know, signed off, handshakes done. And then we got the next one. But again, everyone else, the electricians, the, the plumbers, the, they just wiped the whole lot out. And uh, I mean, for us being the small fish in a, in a very big construction site, um, it probably probably one of the best decisions I've ever made just to say like no like I'm I'm not prepared to do this work unless it's on on my terms because that would have hung me out and slaughtered me in, in half. Um, but yeah, it's very very satisfying when uh, when you know when you you get a I don't know reorder or a, sort of you knew you were right because uh, it's obviously not when you're not right. So yes. Yeah, yeah, but I think you get the telltale sightings out through experience of when you arrive at these sites. And if there's no activity there, that's normally a bad site. So, you know, when you can see that there's nobody else on site or there's very sporadic uh, activity there from other trades, then that tells you that it is a, is a problem. Yeah, no. I think that sends the message there that obviously people are pulling off and then that's where it starts the curiosity. Then you start making inquiries, and then you do find out then that there are issues with with payments and that. And then that I think that's when you've got to start then taking stock and making decisions on how you're going to go or progress with the job effectively and how you're going to handle it. And protecting yourself and taking cover of it. That's uh, absolutely yeah, exactly because your exposure could be you know pretty significant, and I think you've got to address that before and there's, a, and there's some hard decisions that need to be made then because you've got to think about you know you've got to think about number one yeah and absolutely. then uh, to do that then it, whatever comes comes with it comes with it if you know what i mean so um i mean we take that on the chin with, with that in mind again i don't need to know um too detailed but if you have to advise another flowing contractor let, let's say they've been in business five years how have you protected yourself over the years cash flow um and you know to scale the business up you know from a few of you to more more of you is there any bit of advice you would give to someone that that's you know just started off on their journey maybe let's say five years in that think they want to scale yeah. um yeah there's a couple of factors so i think you've got to believe in what you do it and i think you've got to make sure that you work for people who you trust i i think that when you meet people in only a sense of who they are and what they're about at, at the companies as well. So do a bit of due diligence for the company as well who they're representing. I think that tells, uh, you know, a, a fair amount of, of their, with their background or whatever. 
and and as and ask about you know just you know try and tap into other people who are working for that particular customer and find out what they're all about and they just believe in it what you what you do and get a good good accountant as well yeah <laughs> that's us pattern you know good advice good advice and don't be afraid to ask obviously you know if it, as i say if you if you want to work for a new client or a new builder or uh, a developer just do a bit of background background uh, uh investigation on them and uh, and satisfy your mind and if you've got that inkling that it's not right nine times out of ten you're up right you know from experience when you get a bad feeling about something you think yourself yeah this is not right then stand back and the other thing you've got to do as well is to is when you're up against somebody and it's competitive tendering and somebody comes in with a price, then you get told that their price is 5% or 10% cheaper than you. And I, Let them have it. Yeah. Let them do it. Let them do the job. Crack on. Because yeah. you know in yourself, if you couldn't have done that job any cheaper, just walk away from it because it's, it's spelling disaster for, for you. So, and again... That normally then means that that company are going to fall flat on their face because most probably they haven't highlighted or spotted something which you have in the tender process and they're going to fall foul. Yeah. So, yeah. I love that. But a, a, lot, a, lot of, a lot of what I've done and how I've developed the business, and as I said, we all have here, I mean, with all the managers, we've, I mean, I've got a very loyal staff. I've got a very, very good staff retention. I mean, everybody has been with me for. I've got a manager who's been with me for maybe coming up to third years. I've got my sister. We we, we work together, um, and over you know with that combination of the team that we've we've developed good relationships with a number of of, of companies, and and that's how it works. Really, it's all about relationships. Yeah. You're only you're only as good as your last shot. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I think I think you nailed two really good points there. One, be prepared to say no. Um, you've got to yeah. you've got to you've got to be brave uh, and, and ask for help I think they're the, they're two of my yeah. favourite things is ask for help and be prepared yeah. to say no and walk away because uh, both of those things can trip you up very quickly so oh, easily. so <laughs> easily well, once you're on the slippery so once you sign that order you've got to fulfil it and uh, you're committed to something and uh, as I said and it's it's bad there when you you know like a rabbit in the head in the headlights when you realise oh jeez what have I done? You know, it's too late. You know, so I'll step back and walk walk away and, and go on to the next one. No. Even if it's going to cost you having no work for a fortnight or whatever it is, I'm telling you now that you you, you take the pleasure of knowing that whoever's done that job and is chief of the year is going to have a problem. Absolutely, absolutely. Be a competitor, so yeah, that, that's, that's, that's something I've lived over the years. We even see it with smaller clients with... Um... Uh, residential stuff where they'll quote yeah. a job and then yeah. they'll just like the client will say oh I've had a price for this can you match it and then someone just says yes but yeah. then you know it's not representative of the work they were doing and no. then they end up working for two weeks for yeah. uh, for zero profit and I said what well, yeah. oh well it's, um, any money is better than no money well it's not if you're not making any money <laughs> if it's... that's right <laughs> so... and, yeah, and, and the other thing you've got to be prepared for as well when you start these jobs and obviously there are additional things which are going to come on board like you know, additional works or variations or whatever you've got to get that all in writing and instructed don't even now I've got some lads who work for me and they're doing stuff 
and I got mental with it because they're doing it and they're not getting instructed. So when I propose a cost then to the client, they go, we don't know anything about that or we, we've got no evidence suggesting you've done that, you know, and then you start then having a battle on your hands where if what I tend to find with most companies are, construction companies that work with the quantity surveyors, they don't like surprises. So as long as you let them know, I mean, I'd have a little bit of that chat with them, a conversation with them, and a few prices, whatever they agree. That's fine. Man. It's 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 all taken care of. But sometimes, you know, when, when you're on the job and a site manager goes, oh yeah, can you just back out of the code to latex on that area? They go and do it. And I've got no instruction and nothing in writing to cover the cost of that. No. It's you do it. What you're doing. Ah, but the site manager said, and I go, no, I don't care what the site manager said. It's going to be something I've got to have in writing. Yeah, yeah. And it's little things like that that are as vitally important. But yeah, do your due diligence. Make sure that whoever you're working for is is, is credit worthy. Because, uh, as I say, uh, there's a lot of them around who live by the seat of their pants. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, <laughs> So the flooring industry as a whole, obviously you've done a lifetime in in the flooring industry, but as a whole, yeah. what like currently, what do you think the biggest issue with the the industry as a whole is? Where do you think we could improve? Uh, training, bringing uh, bringing uh, lads into the trade. We're suffering down in Wales at the moment with training. I mean, uh, we've been heavily involved in training for. But number of years is something uh, we we tend to encourage, but it's just a lack of support that we get down here with Welsh government. Uh, I would love a setup where you get, say, a fitter who's most probably coming off his knees, be encouraged to stay within the industry, get involved in the college, and handle with his skills to, you know, teach his skills to a to an up and coming apprentice. Uh, I'm a firm believer that the best experience of training you can have is actually side base. Yeah. Uh, we we set up, uh, we went through about many years ago, we set up MB QSL Centre here, where me and Ray, one of my managers, we, we used to do assessment and verification of MBQ. So basically, when all this uh, laws change, where we had the, the lads carded, we definitely did all in house and then we got external uh, visits from the CRTB uh, about getting getting all candidates through, getting all our employees through so they get out and see their uh, certification about how, how how good they are with what they do and at what skill level they've got. Yeah. Uh, what got me about that was I had a trainees and they were going up to Salford College and we did this for about 10, 15 years. And they'd come out and they'd have MVQ level two. And in some respect, they on paper they were more qualified than the guy who's been working for me for 30 years. All because they got their MVQ level three, two, and three, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I think that needs to be recognized in some shape or form way. I just wish in this country that, you know, not just in flooring, but just in manufacturing, I think that we've got uh, people now who are at the twilight of their careers and they should be used to hand down their skills to a school leaver or, or somebody who wants to get into the profession. I think that's got to be, you've got to nail that. You've got to do, 
to think about it. I really do. So obviously, I don't know where it's going to be in 15 years' time. I really don't. No. I think there'll be a, a shortage of skilled labour. I really do. I absolutely do. And yeah. that's frightening me, especially, especially in the, in the construction industry. I think that, um, you know, there's a lot of work out there, uh, but I know that resources is, is getting thin on the ground. And I, can, I, can't, I can only see it getting worse. I can only see it getting worse, which does concern me. I think really does. I've, ju- I've just come back from the States a couple of, day- a couple of days ago uh, just to see how the market is over there. It's quite interesting. Yeah. Um, they're marketing to the schools and the um, even people who are looking for jobs as come and earn $200,000. So what's that? One hundred and fifty yeah. grand a year. So I'm sure yeah. you know, be to be a floor installer. So their marketing is. I mean, I'm not sure you maybe can earn a hundred, hundred and fifty grand in this country. Uh, yeah. you, you might be able to, but but yeah. what I'm saying is they marketed it. You can earn up to two hundred thousand dollars being a flooring. So making it sexy, and then there's another company that basically gives you like a. It's kind of a tra- checker trade type of thing, but what it does is it pulls the data from. All of your qualifications. So you are Mr. Floor Fitter, and you would get yeah. your MVQ, but then you would go on, I don't know, um, like a floor skills course, or you go on a jerk yeah. floor course. Whatever it is, you get certain points per training. Yeah. So even if you yeah. do a cap and cove course or whatever, and what that does is it builds up this like hammer rating. So yeah. you know, if you're a seven hammer flooring installer. You'll have done the business courses. You'll have done the cap and cove. You've done domestic carpet. You know you've done bone noses. But it gives you this credit rain, and then what that means is the more hammers you get, is they then they sell it as you can earn more because you're upskilled, yeah. and they've kind of made it yeah. sexy to, like you yeah. know, like you know, if you're an electrician doing solar, you know, you can say, well, if you're an electrician, you can you know earn X amount. But yeah. it's um, you know that's. It was just interesting how they've Americanized um, getting yeah. into flooring, um, and I don't know if that's going to come over here where one body looks after that or something like that. But I think that's a really yeah. valid point. But it it centralised yeah, it yeah. and made it sexy. Yeah, yeah. Because you know, my my daughter was up in Coventry, but she's moved back to Cardiff now, and I couldn't believe the amount of development has gone, and it's knocked out the the tool industry, the engineering industry, and the Midlands, where there's you know you get your your car manufacturing, the tractors, your your tools, and you can't tell me that that the, the obviously all those tool workers, all those experienced skilled workers, are now working in a call center or working in beauty or something. Though somebody should capture that and do something about it, you know, and get get that that skill level handed down where they, you know, they could be used and kind of experience for it. Well, if that makes sense, you know what I mean? The, because those guys, you know, no disrespect, in about 50, 20 years, it was probably a lot of them not going to be with us anymore, if you, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, and I think we need to grab hold of that now um, because I think we're going to suffer for it in the future. And that applies to the floor industry as well. We, I went out to... St. Kitts, which is an interesting point with what we're talking about. So I jumped into an open minibus and one of the locals took us round on the tour. And their infrastructure is fantastic, whereas anybody who leaves the school at St. Kitts, at the, at the, 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 uh, they've got colleges, agricultural colleges or whatever, 
if your academic is bright, they'll push you towards university, whether or not it's on the island or you go away in other parts of the Caribbean. If you haven't got academic skill level, they'll push you towards a plumbing course or a carpentry course or a bricklayer's course. So every single student that leaves school has got a chance and an opportunity to make a, a living in some form of training. And I just thought, do you know what? Obviously, we're just talking about a small Caribbean island, but I thought, do you know what? You've got that absolutely spot on. And they say they're reaping benefits from it because the, the, the people who've progressed through the college is now are working for builders on the island, building hotels and building houses. And the skill level has, has been has been caught hold over and, and then and they used to like it out and the the and it's, it's great. I just don't want to fall I, th- I think it is coming to the UK because um up here in, yeah. in Darlington, uh, my son in September is changing schools. And yeah. the school he's going to is they drop a certain amount of GCSEs and they do six GCSEs, but the school is partially funded by Hitachi Rail. Um, yeah. someone else and someone else I can't remember the, the big heavy hitters um, engineering companies and they do engineering robotics um, they wear normal clothes as in shirt, shirt and tie they, yeah. they shake hands with the teacher when they walk in the classroom They um, everything classroom based is around a project so it'll be around right we're going to learn about this and this is how you monetize it or this is how yeah. what it's used for so it's all project-led. So it's six GCSEs um, on the skills they want to upskill. Um, they call the teachers by the first name, um, not Mrs. whatever. It's, you know, no, it's, no. it's, it's yeah. Dave. It's um, informal. Yeah, and, and so what it is is it's the whole education is priming them for uh, work, which is why we're sending them there because I think that's gold does. Yeah. But then also it's priming them for engineering and that type of work. So it's. I think it's coming. Um, I don't know where else it is in the country, but but certainly yeah. this, this is, seems to be, you know. And I think there's even like scholarships where the certain talented kids will design a certain thing, and then they get the royalties paid to them. They were showing this this video nice. of that designed this thing that saved this company a couple of million quid, and they were yeah. paying them royalties of like I can't remember what it was, but let's say it was five hundred quid a month for the next ten ten years. But they yeah. designed it from school, and they, these kids again five hundred quid each. Um, you know, um, but it saved millions um, by designing and thinking outside the box. So let's yeah. hope um, the flooring industry, and we're normally a few years behind, but, you know, that would uh, be awesome. Certainly, I, I certainly hope so. Well, I really do, because I, I think it's a great industry to be involved in. I mean, I've, I've, I've had, you know, as I said, I've had ups and downs, but I've had some great times. I've made some lovely good friends as well through the years, and it, it is rewarding. Yeah. Uh, and I just think that uh, it'd be a shame if we couldn't uh, capture what we've got uh, with the skill levels that we've got at the moment. Just have them down. I think that'd be great if we could just get a get something together on a, on a in a college or whatever it may be. And just try and that in the bud, you know. Yeah. What you're talking about, I think that's fantastic. I think that's really great. Yeah. Well, let's hope it rolls across. Um. So, what um, over the years, what have you found the best way to attract new clients? What marketing tactics? Or how do you make sure there's enough work coming through the door? Have you got any uh, secret tam- talents on that? 
No, it's all a case. He said, making sure, as I've said before, you're only as good as your last job. And don't burn bridges. You know, sometimes hold your hands up if you make a mistake. Like, I, I, I don't know it's perfect. And if you make a mistake in the eyes of the client, you know, just don't walk away from it. Do something about it. Put it right. It's going to cost you. It's going to cost you. But nine times out of ten, we've just had a perfect example. We had a, a job we've, we've done in the nursing home. And, and, it's, and it was a, an active nurse. I want a new one. It was a, was a, a current nursing home. And uh, things couldn't do too well. But we put it right. And we went to extremes to do that. Now they've come back to us. And they want us to do more work. Because they could see that we were really conscientious about the fact that we wanted to deliver a, a quality installation for a, uh, yeah, I, we we got it right in the end, but it didn't start off too grand, uh, and I, I, you know we we made a few mistakes, you know, and we didn't understand the the problem problems we were going to incur, but we did it, we got over it, and they rang us up yesterday and they said we've got more work, it's twice as much work as we had on the previous visit. And I think that just possibly gives you a perfect example of putting in the name and putting your name to the job. You know, when you do that, you know, I think that that makes a lot of difference. That gives the confidence then in, in, your, in your customer that they're going to pick the phone up or contact you the next time and use you again. Yeah. I think, you know, as I say, that's how we've progressed through the years. Uh, I've, I've, you know, I, I'd like to think I've got very good relationship with my customers. A lot of them, uh, you know, I go out wait for the pint, socialise with them, uh, and, and they are. Well, you, I know a lot of them are like friends to me. Uh, and I'm, you know, and our friendships go back over 30, 35 years. Uh, and where there's now any 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 new job or anything like that, they're not. The, straight on the phone to me you know can you come and have a look at this can you price this job uh and sometimes we don't win them you know it's competitive tempting at the end of the day um and they'll still ring me for a little bit of advice i'll still give it as well yeah uh, even though i have got the job and the job started they really made me up but it might be a bad thing and they ring me up and they go oh they've got a problem i'll say yeah what is it and they go what do you think and i'll give them my opinion and i'll say look just do that. Oh, great. Thanks very much for that. Goes a long way. Goes a long, long way. You know, just make just make sure your door's always open to everybody. Uh, and I find that most of the time you reap the benefits of that by having good relationships with customers. Absolutely. And what tends to happen as well, when those customers see in construction, they move on to another company. That opens doors then in the company they've moved on to. And it's just like it just, it's like a spider's web. It just grows, you know, and you, you just, you, you cut me that, gets involved in other avenues. It's, it's, it's just fascinating. And it, it makes it, it easy to say no as well, you know, to, as we refer to it, where you put your price in, that's my price. It makes it easier when you're not dancing around for the work and you can confidently say no because you don't yeah. know if they're going to come back to you or um, you don't know what's around the corner. You've got no idea. You, you, no, you haven't. No. You haven't. And I mean, who knows what's happen tomorrow, you know, we could come in tomorrow and something could be presented to us, good or bad, and it'll be completely different to what we're experiencing today. And I that's business. That's yes. what it's like. That's what it does for you. Uh but yes, yeah, so I'm a big I'm a big believer in 
in customer relationships, I think is they're so important and just make sure that, you know, at the end of the day, they're happy. And I think in saying that, I think that's one thing which lacks sometimes with us because in Florida, we're the last trade in effectively on some projects and we do suffer with program delays and difficulties and it tends to fall on us floor layers and the decorators, the cleaners to get the job. Of, you know, this job's going to be finished a week, Friday, come what may. You'll have to get another 10 men. And I sarcastically say, well, I just got to go down to the bottom of the garden and pick 10 floor layers off a tree that I got. Yeah, I'll bring them in. It's all right. um, but the thing about all that is, and well, she really used to bug me. Used to do that, get over the line. And then he never had like Nobody really wanted to see, oh, thanks very much. Thanks for doing that. You know, just just a courtesy call just to say, Anthony, just thank you and the, and the team for, for getting us over the line. Yeah, thank, thanks for your efforts. Yeah. Um, I've got to say, though, we are having that now, but history, we su- suggest that we never used to get that. But our one or two contractors we were for now, they were taking the time and the effort to email everybody involved in the job. I've just had one about... Uh, maybe the end of last week where uh, we finished a, a project went on for five months and it wasn't the easiest one we all got together and we did it and the project manager sent an email out thanking us all for our efforts and I just thought you know what that, that goes a long way that goes a long way uh, and I think just that is a, you know it just makes a hell of a, a lot of difference to make sure that you know we've all performed and we've done something we got something right Yeah, and it's just a pat on the back that's all it is yeah. And I just have that down. As soon as I get that email, I found that up then to all the lads who've worked on the project. Yeah, boys, just, you know, look we've done, look we've done for this. And they, and they love it as well. And that's the way it is. It's, it's uh, the same. We we did um, we did Gordon Ramsay's house in yeah. Wandsworth in, in London. And again, like you said, I'll never forget this. I, I forget the job quite easily because it what. It was a horrible job. It was black flooring. It just, just wasn't the nicest job in the world. It wasn't very really profitable. However, um, at the end of the job, near near the end, when decorators, uh, us and a few others were in there, uh, we got booted out of the house and said, look, Mr. Ramsey's come in with his team, his entourage. So three Range Rovers pull up. Um, he, pu- he jumps out of the middle on your bodyguards, personal assistants, the whole, the whole thing. And we're sat on the grass with, like... Um, um, like Albanian decorators, you know, Polish joiners. You know, most people didn't speak any English. All high vis jackets, extra. All sat on the lawn on like this ones with green. Anyway, he did a, a flash, like walk around this this site. Um, he was in there maybe forty minutes or something. Jumped out. Anyway, he left his entourage, crossed the road, and yeah. walks over to everyone and shook everyone's hand. And he was like, "Fucking world class job, lads! Like unbelievable." What a talented set of lads. He didn't know who we were. Like, obviously, he didn't know we were the flooring lads. didn't know he was decorated. Went round, shook him, and he said, right, I'm off, see you later. And I was just like, I'll never forget that he didn't need... He could have just waved across the road and said, thank you. But I, but I think he recognises hard work and good work. Yeah. From the industry and the, and the way he's been trained. And I think he gets that. And I think that's lovely that he's done that. that that's, yeah. that's hats off to him. That's what everyone's yeah, that's thinking he's going to come around and start doing his shouting bit and this, that. And he, yeah. he, he, the only thing I bet, you know, as I said, he, he shook everyone's hand. There's probably about 30 of us out on the grass. So, yeah, it means means a lot. Um, that's, a lovely, that's a lovely touch, isn't it, really, when somebody does that? Absolutely. It means a lot. It means a lot. 
Okay, Anthony, what we're going to do is we're going to go into the quick fire round. Um, so these are slightly more snappier sort of things. Um, favourite floor category and what have you got fitted at home? <laughs> <laughs> what have I got fitted at home? That's a... That's, <laughs> that's a... Yeah. Uh, I, I got good floor creation throughout the house. Debbie, my wife, has chosen that. There's a story to that, which I'll tell you about, which is quite funny, actually. What, was it left um, over off a job, or did you buy it? No, 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 no. Let me wait my first trouble in choosing flooring. So uh, I'll, I'll put something in it, she'll go, within a fortnight, she'll go, I don't like that. It's got to come up. And I'll go, all right, yeah. And then about a couple of months later, she'll say, I still don't like that, Anthony. Will you please? I, all right, I'll do it. So uh, there's a deli at our village. And over the Christmas period, we had to, we, they said, we're going to close that. We wanted to put some floor in it. So I showed them a range of samples, and they just loved the girl floor creation 50, this particular colour. And fair play, we laid it, and it looked absolutely brilliant. That. It looked like it looked like the real thing. It looked like real plank wood. Yet, yeah. what was good for me, I actually went in there the first couple of days in the open, the people coming in, and they were talking about it on the floor. But anything else, which, you know, they had the whole whole place redecorated, referred. They were all commenting on the floor. And the owner was pointing people over to me. And he was saying, well, there's the man who's responsible. And I went, yeah, yeah. So I was giving my card out, just giving them my name, just giving them my contact details. And then Danny kept in and she went, I love this floor. I went, all right, okay. <laughs> this is what we're having. So I put this time now, and it does look good. I've had the whole of the ground floor of the house that in good floor creation. I've got IVC on the uh, the on the layo, uh, in my hall, coal up my stairs, upstairs I've got candine, and in my bedroom I've got engineered board. Right. Full selection. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But the only place I've got carpets on my lap in the stairs. Right. The rest of the house. Is LV, LVT and engineered board. Love it. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> there you go. So as, I, as, I, as I say, and from that deli, the story ends with I picked up, a, I think, last calculation, I picked up 25 grand's worth of work done to people who have gone in that shop and had the same colour floor and done in their houses. <laughs> Oh, I love it. Honestly, honestly, you wouldn't believe it. You wouldn't believe the amount of work we got bad out of that. Out of that, just supply of that one job. Yeah, and, and, you've, and you've got it at home. And I got it at home as well. So every time I walk by the door, there it is. Love it, love it. If I give you a thousand pound now, uh, we're nearly at twelve o'clock, and you've got to spend it by five o'clock. What are you going to spend it on? Uh, right. What's probably going to easy jet. <laughs> Where are you going? No, I went to... Uh, go to Spain. Uh, no, I tell you what. It would be. It'd be something to do with me, me and my family, me and my two girls and my wife, Debs. I put a deposit down on a holiday for Christmas or something like that where, you know, we'll, we'll do something all together. And you just can't take that away. That's the memories that yeah. you can't buy that. No, I love that. So, 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 somebody said to me once, they said... If you think about all the good things which you which you you know the good memories in your life, which is something that you've achieved, and, and most of them will cost you nothing. Yeah, you won't probably right actually. That's a pretty statement because I think of the things which have, I always think have been brilliant in my lifetime. 
Oh, they have big things which have cost me no money at all. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but, so, 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 Holland. So that's, so, that's what I'll do. I book a family on. I put a deposit on a family holiday for us to go away at Christmas. Fantastic. Uh, what is the least favourite part of your current role within the company? Getting retentions. <laughs> dealing with site managers who are inadequate. <laughs> who are <laughs> clueless. Brilliant. Honestly. Beggar's belief. Beggar's belief. <laughs> oh, they're in a job, but there we go. <laughs> uh, if you could employ anyone to work with you in the business, who would it be? You can have anyone. Arnie. 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 Arnold Schwarzenegger. Have I said this right? I want a documentary on Netflix about him. Oh, he's uh, been out. Seen that. Christmas. Oh, what? What a man. Uh, I mean, when you look at that guy, you just think, ah, oh, he's just a bodybuilder and he's, uh, you know, sick as two short planks. That guy, what he's done and achieved in his lifetime is something else. I mean, more than probably he would have been president of the United States if he was born in America. Uh, yeah. But it's just his drive and his ambition and his worth ethic. It's just brilliant to yeah. achieve what he's done. Yeah, imagine if I brought him in, you'd sort a few things out. Yeah, I think he'd uh, yeah take you to the next the next level. Yeah. He would. Uh, if you could start the business all over again tomorrow, uh, what would be two things that you'd do differently? They don't get any easier. They're going to keep coming. <laughs> One thing I tend to do, which when Dan was involved, we had everybody in the books. Yep. We don't have anybody on subcontract. So if I was to start the business again, I would definitely, everything would be done on price, not on day work. Without a shadow of a doubt, that's turned things around for us. Yeah. It is the boys work for the price. Uh, again, just just make sure you're working for the right people, you know, who are going to give you what you deserve, you know, in, in monetary terms and, and, and work, quality of work. Uh, you know, provide you with the correct working environment. You know, especially on some of the sites now. We work for some contractors, and they're they're really really good at when they you know when they get you into site, everything's ready for you, and they're very conscious of that, and it reflects then on the finished product, which is important. Uh, I'll just say, yeah, just try and work for these guys. Just try to keep them sweet, because at the end of the day, it's going to make your life so much easier, so much easier. I don't work for the Drongos. Let somebody else work for them. Yeah. <laughs> they seem to attract, uh, attract uh, the, themselves, I think. Um, yes, yes. So three people, dead or alive, you'd love to have a pint with? Number one. With death, there's me. Tom Jones. <laughs> what, you... you know, all the people refer to somebody as a legend. I think that's a... It bugs the hell out of me when somebody says, oh, he's a legend. He's a legend. Well... You know, it's it's a very loosely used term, but to me, Tom Jones is a legend. I mean, the guy is, I don't know, old is he? I think he's coming to 80, isn't he? And I mean, he can still blast a tune out. I watched one telly the other day. It's just been great. I imagine the stories he can tell. We've actually done work with Tom Jones. Nice. <laughs> we worked in his house when he uh, bought a house in South Wales. My dad, actually, this is a good story. My dad was a, a committee member of uh, the local rugby club to do in the early 60s. He actually turned Tom Jones away in your seat. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the committee, Tom, Tom came to the club because it was a great night. It was a great spot for singing on a Saturday night. You know, the, 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 the rugby club was a bit of a hot spot for uh, cabarets and stuff like that. 
And dad's on the door and his other committee members are working. And Tom walks in before he was famous, obviously. And he's got the black, you know, the, the biker jacket on and he's and he's got the winkle pickers on and he's and he's basically telling them that he's got to sing in this in this establishment and they it got quite heated and they eventually they turfed him out. Right. He was absolutely adamant that he could, you know, knock him out by the by playing with him and his band. He, he was he was a member of the band at the time. And then lo and behold, a couple of years later, then he is on television. <laughs> <laughs> my dad and the committee members have never lived in town. They don't think so. Yeah. So he'd be one. Um, Peter Kane would be another one. Good He's hilarious. His comedy is just be. Oh, he'd, he'd be fantastic. Now, who's the third person be? Clarkson. Huh? What a table. Jeremy Clarkson. Brilliant. Jeremy Clarkson. Yeah, because yeah. I just think he's he's funny. He's a good guy. I could have had Elvis, I suppose, as well, but no, I'll go with those three. Peter K, Tom Jones, and Jeremy Clarkson. Brilliant table. I love that one. Um, <laughs> and where do you see um, CS Flooring Solutions in five years' time? Hopefully no worse than where we are now. So if you stay the same, you'll be happy. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I've worked. We've all worked hard. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know. As I say, I've got a loyalty. I've got my family uh, behind me. Uh, and you know, as I say, behind me is my wife who supports me. You know. I just. You know. Behind every good man, I think that is a is a is a good woman as well. Uh, and I think for all that effort that we put into it, I think that yeah. We've worked hard to get where we are, and I'll be happy if it remains that way. If it improves, great. Yeah, I'll, I'll welcome that as well. But uh, yeah, be good, be good. Just keeping our clients happy. Brilliant. Um, and the the final question, which is a it, it's quite a deep question. Um, Anthony, what is currently holding you back? And you have to answer this one. <laughs> what is holding me back? Yeah. And that can be personally, that can be a business, it does not matter. Time. I always battle with time. My time management is is having enough time to carry out the tasks which I need to do during the working day. And I consciously try and... I've reached the age now where I only want to work five days a week. Uh, Whereas before, I used to do seven days a week. So I try to cram as much as I possibly can, answer as many like emails as I possibly can. But time always beats me. And, and it's just time management. I think I need to I did go on a time management course about uh, maybe twenty years ago. I was something like with the CITB and uh, we were going on the class about what what were your responsibilities? They came to me and when I told them my responsibilities, the woman the tutor said Clever word you do. Later when the class finishes, I said, right. She said, you've just can't carry on like this. She said, you've got to start delegating. And that's what I've tended to do now over the lay, say over the last five years, I've started to delegate my responsibilities over to different members of staff. And it's, and it is working to be fair. So that's, that's what holds me back. I think the tendency of, uh, I'm starting to relax on the fact that, Instead of me wanting to do everything, I'll just do the important things and then just leave the rest of it to the members of staff who, who work with me. Love that. 
an important thing which I've made, which I've realised over the years is that uh, when you're running a business, and obviously you get immersed into different things during the day and during the you know during the week, and we all suffer with the fact that we all wake up in the middle of the night and we think about things and we write things down, whatever. But the thing that this made me realise, which is important, you need think time. You need you need time to, to to get yourself away from from the business and put yourself somewhere where it, you can think of ideas, think of a way around problems without in a, in a space. Where I go to the gym and I don't go to the gym because I want to you know, build myself up, but be ripped and whatever. I go to the gym in the morning because it, it, it gives me uh this you know my mental well being then if you if you tend to think and I and it, and it tends to put me in an environment where like I start thinking about ideas about what to do and, and different uh, different solutions to problems rather than being immersed in a in a in a, in a high pressure environment and you think oh what how am I gonna get around this issue? How am I gonna get around this problem? Take yourself away from that. Even if it's like, you know, you, you go for a walk or go for the, just have an hour, just walk to Greg's or something. Just give yourself that half an hour of out of the workplace. And even if you're driving, just turn the radio off and just think, right, how am I going to get about this problem? Let's just think rationally now about how we can do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Rather than put the pressure on yourself. Just stand back, give yourself a bit of time. Just walk, you know, go away. Yeah. And, I'll guarantee you'll find a solution to it, whatever the problem is. As I said, the, the the girls in our office do a well. Yeah. They do a well-being walk um, every every day to get away because they're sat at screens all day trying to be creative. Um, yeah. You know, so it's yeah, right. absolutely. hundred percent behind that. That's a that's a brilliant idea. Uh, well, thank you so much, Anthony, for coming on on the podcast. Yeah. Brilliant podcast. Thank you so much. Yeah, as I say, good pleasure. Thank you. For asking me, it's been great. I've enjoyed it. Just going over my my life, my life story. This podcast is run and produced by Cocktail and Co. To find out what we do, visit the website cocktailandco.co.uk, or you'll find us on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook.